Welcome to our brand new show. It's not that complicated, so listen close. We'll go through IMDb, reviewing all of Tom Hanks' movies. Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank. Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank. Hanks Bank, Hanks Bank. Hanks Bank. Hello and welcome to the second episode of Hanks Bank, the show where we chronologically review Tom Hanks' entire IMDb. I am joined for a second week running by my co-host Al Gillespie. Say hi, Al. This is really worrying to me that you strive it as the second week running, as though one, you came up with this podcast idea, which you did not, and two, that I'm going to be replaced next week with one of our friends. I'm just saying, it's good to have a 100% record so far. I mean, that's great, yeah. So far, we're keeping with consistency. Um, Um, So yeah, yeah, it's our second episode. Well, we should probably say what this is, because it's still only our second episode. For those of you who don't know, uh, the weird co- well for those of you who don't know listen to our first episode mm-hmm. it's not like we've got a huge amount it's backlog top, to exactly, catch up on top quality stuff um, uh, but to I catch up on uh, anyone who may have forgotten our weird concept is that uh, aliens have invaded and we have to show them the body of works of Tom Hanks uh, in order to decide whether we are let into the United States of space. space. So we're going through his entire IMDB at the end of each episode we're deciding whether it will go in the Hanks Bank the collection of work of, I was about to use the word oeuvre, and I was going to hate myself for using Jamie, that word. Jamie, there ain't nothing wrong with a good old-fashioned oeuvre. <laughs> um, oeuvre has made the world go round, Jamie. Um, <laughs> Whose is your favourite oeuvre outside of Tom Hanks? <laughs> what oeuvre makes you oeuvre? Oh, God. Oh, we're off to a fantastic start. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we're going to create the Hanks Bank to show to aliens or whatever. Um... <laughs> Uh, so this week, the second credit on uh, Tom Hanks IMDb is a singular episode of The Love Boat, uh, released in October of 1980. I don't know the exact date. Do you have it? I think it was late uh, October. Yeah, of course it is. No, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I also it went know. out. Nope, no, nope. I do not know the exact cool. Oh, that's a lie. 25th of October. 25th of October. I thought it was late October. So we're keeping um, it seasonal. Yeah, uh, so... As we are doing every week, each week we're going to give you a little bit of context about uh, the time at which this was released, as well as context for the actual uh, work itself. Now, Al, you don't know that I'm going to bring this up with you, but so before we recorded last week, uh, Mm -hmm. you were preparing what you were going to say around the general time of our first film, uh, uh, He Knows You're Alone. And I said... Oh, you seem to be doing all of 1980. That's a bit broad. I feel like we should be more specific, uh-huh. you know, in case they release more than one thing in a year. And hey, here we are. He's released <laughs> another thing two months later, and you have taken all you know, of 1980 from me. 1980 was a big year for Tom Hanks. Uh, clearly, he has this. He has. Uh, he knows your own, and he also has bosom buddies. So yeah, yeah. Be a so, fun time yeah, next we, week. we are, You have already given context for all of yeah, 1980. We'll be, we'll be scraping the bottom of the barrel for the next yeah. couple of episodes. Um, so I was tasked with giving context for the time period. So I've. I've tried to keep more specific to specifically things that happened in October of 1980. Mm. Now, at the beginning of October 1980, Muhammad Ali fought Larry Holmes after coming out of two-year retirement to fight the undefeated heavyweight champion of the world, Larry Holmes. Uh, He was absolutely destroyed for 10 rounds until his coach threw in the towel. It was not a triumphant return to form. Obviously, no Muhammad Ali... Uh, everyone does because he's. I thought you were going to say like personally. Well, you know, oh, of course, no, Muhammad. Ali. We are good friends, <laughs> and despite him being dead, but you know, we're good friends. Um, but yeah, so is this before? 
he was banned. He was banned for a while. He had his medal taken away because he refused to. Oh, when, when's see, Vietnam? No, it's got to be after that. Vietnam see, was a while ago. Did his ban happen specifically in October 1980? Because if not, I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have right. a very limited scale. Where of is this versus the Rumble in the Jungle? I'm pretty sure it's after that because okay. I think he retired sure. and then for, this for is age, for, for, for like two years sure. for eight, and then came back and uh-huh, got uh-huh. absolutely wrecked. Mm. Um, we're in the middle of Ronald Reagan's successful uh, presidential campaign against Jimmy Carter. So a couple of months later, he would uh, win poor, poor uh, Jimmy on <laughs> on October 14th. Uh, of 1980, Ronald Reagan promised to name the first ever woman to the U.S. Supreme Court. Now, I was surprised that it took until 1980. He did end up uh, fulfilling that promise. I yeah. cannot tell you the name. Uh, but, oh, that's not great. 1980. Ronald Reagan did. Yeah, Ronald Reagan did it. First ever woman to the Supreme Court in 1981. Uh, which is, you know... I, I know. That is surprising. Yeah, I know. I know the country doesn't have a great record on gender no, equality, but, but you so would have thought it can't be anyone. Maybe is someone currently on the Supreme Court? I don't know. They'd say the lifetime thing for the Supreme Court. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yes, but she's not Republican. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant. But it, yeah. it may have been. She it may have been Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I don't know, but I somehow don't think so. Uh, right. <laughs> this is a well researched podcast. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Um, <laughs> In this month, uh, Barbara Streisand released her 22nd studio album yeah. called Guilty. It went Featuring to number one for three weeks. The hit song, Barbara Streisand. Fun fact that I got a bit sidetracked from October 1980 uh, and went down a Barbara Streisand hole because I was shocked that it was her 22nd studio album. Sure she has a new album coming out in 2018, releasing t- November 2nd, which is her 36th album, which happens to have a song inspired by Donald Trump. Really? Yes. I'm going to be downloading that on Spotify. Yeah, um, um, we may be dating ourselves a little bit because this is definitely not going to come out before November 2nd, but we are definitely recording it before then. Um... Julian Knott set the world hot air balloon altitude record of 16,806. What was the previous record? Oh, did it happen in October 1980, Al? Because <laughs> otherwise <laughs> I do not know. Um, and this was my favourite one. Honduras and El Salvador signed a peace treaty on October 30th, officially ending the football war. Now, I'm not technically talking about 1980 anymore because it's a treaty signed for a war that was 10 years earlier. However, I just loved this story, so it was amazing. Sure. So Honduras and El Salvador already had... Oh, I'm being paused. Can, yes. I, can I give a guess okay. as to what I think it's about? Okay, yeah, yeah. That. And you can you can confirm or deny, <laughs> right? So this is it's called the football war. It yep. starts 10 years earlier. Yeah. Uh, between El Salvador and Honduras. Yes. Now, I know Pele was Brazilian, but that's yes. in South America. Did one of them kidnap Pele? No. And did a war stop because no. of that? No, I mean... No. <laughs> Firstly, Honduras sure? and El Salvador are in Central America, not South America. But that's vaguely <laughs> close to Brazil. That's vaguely close to Brazil. So no, they didn't kidnap Pele. Also, so wait, wait, wait. Is your theory that Honduras kidnapped Pele and El Salvador are the ones providing the retribution? <laughs> of course. Rather Brazil than Brazil. Direct, Brazil can't take direct actions. Instead, El Salvador starts a 10-year war. Um... Why is it called the football war? Why is it war, called Jamie? the football war? Uh, so already Honduras and El Salvador didn't like each other very much because there were lots of uh, immigration from El Salvador to Honduras, uh, and subsequently the Honduran government treated these uh, immigrants very poorly. 
Then, July 1969, they get matched in a crucial World Cup qualifier for the 1970 World Cup. Not just any World Cup qualifier. Apparently, at the time, it was two-legged qualifiers. So one in Honduras, one in El Salvador. It went bad. Mm -hmm. Lots of violence at both matches. It comes out, there is a draw over those two matches. They have to play a third match. On the day of this third match... Uh, the El Salvador government officially dissolved all diplomatic ties with Honduras uh, and ended up winning the match. Two weeks later, a full-scale war starts on July 14th to July 18th. It lasted four days and then they stopped. But then they didn't sign a treaty until ten years later, bringing us back to October 1980. My wealth of knowledge of October 1980 is now done. Have you ever been around American sports fans who occasionally go, oh, those British soccer fans in this accent. Those British, (laughs) they're mental. They're really violent. And then you hear about something like that and you go, wow, we really don't like football as much as other people. on war because of it. Um, So yeah, that is my extensive introduction to uh, the time in which uh, Love Boat was released. I will say, so people may know that Love Boat is a very long-running series. Um, yeah. We are only watching this. We have only watched this episode. We have not. I don't know anything else about the Love Boat other than what I watched yeah. in this 48 minutes. So, Al, what can you well, tell me? So, I think that's one of the weird things. I think if you, if you grew up mainly in the 90s, which I certainly didn't, uh, I was born in the 90s, but you know, wouldn't have been watching that much TV back then. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you would have seen a lot of reruns of this show. Yeah. And I'm sure if there's an American equivalent of UK TV Gold, um, <laughs> this will be on there most yeah. of the day. But it's it's a weird show. Um, so kind of one of the most notable things about it is the odd format that it's written in. So uh, as you might have seen from the episode title, uh, Sergeant Bull, Friends and Lovers, Miss Mother. That's a terrible, terrible <laughs> I title. I didn't even clock. Wait, go over that again. More Sergeant so. Bull... Friends slash friends and lovers slash Miss Mother. Okay, so I th- if I'm correct from having seen it, mm-hmm. they are basically naming, titling each plot line of this show yeah. and just putting slashes now, in between them and saying that that's the episode title. The reason because of that okay. was because each section is written by a different writer. Oh my God, that's hilarious. No, what? well, that totally makes sense. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's, that makes that, sense. And that's why there's very little crossover between yeah, the yeah. plot lines. Yeah, they barely ever talk to each other. Yeah, um, it's because everyone's just writing in a different room and submitting it each week. So each one is more of a kind of mini sketch. Almost, you take the premise, you take the characters, they're all on a boat together, you can do whatever yeah, you yeah. want. That is an insane way of writing a TV show. Who thought that was a good idea? It sounds like something that actually someone would come up with nowadays and everyone would be like, that's genius. No, like, like at least on EastEnders, like, they have, they cycle yeah, their writers yeah, through, yeah. but, like, they write an entire episode. Well, no, definitely, but if you think about an episode of a show like Master of None, like, the one when they're in New York, uh, yeah. and focusing on other characters, yeah, yeah. had that been written by three people, I don't think that would have been harmed. Okay, yeah, um, I can see that. So I think that kind of thing, like an anthology type yeah, yeah, show, yeah. could make it work. Conversely, this just makes everything very confusing if you've never seen it before. Yes. And you're wondering why the hell uh, they're all like this. Yeah. Uh, Any other context about uh, the show you can give me? Um, it started off as a book, originally. So okay. It's, it's a book, uh, which then becomes a TV movie. Okay. Which then becomes two more TV movies, which then becomes a TV show. Um, which then becomes... A 250 episode yeah. TV show. And it's very, it, so that's a kind of curious thing. And also, I think after 
it finished they ran about four one hour specials so okay. it, was, it was a really big popular show for about seven years of its run it's it's not let's say the friends of its time that's definitely something like Cheers probably mm. um, or Cheers running later but um, it's it's a kind of comedy drama uh, with very little drama very, very light little comedy drama. anyway I'm, yep how much do you like nautical themed <laughs> mystery that's <laughs> most of the episodes uh, Jamie, I got a quick two truths and a lie for you. Okay. About Love Boat. Oh, this is great. So the man who plays Gopher became a Republican senator. That's okay. one. Uh, Bosom Buddies would go on to air a month after this episode. That's a Tom Hanks related fun fact, potentially, or is it a fun lie? <laughs> and uh, Ted. I feel Bund- like you already told me the answer to that literally earlier in this episode. But carry on. Ted Bundy was an extra in an episode of The Love Boat. Ah. Oh. Oh, so I'm fairly sure the Tom Hanks version Buddies one is true. I really want the Ted Bundy one to be true, so I'm gonna. But I wouldn't be surprised if if Gopher becomes a a Republican senator. But I'm gonna say that that's the lie. Which one? The, the, the Republican, Republican senator. senator one. You're wrong. I know. I'll I'll give you the the true version of this. The man who plays Gopher actually becomes a Republican congressman. Ah. Uh, he stays in Congress. He, I think, leaves in the 80s the show. So he's not in the last couple of seasons, I think. And he goes on to become a congressman for Iowa. He stays until 1994. Um, he seems to be fairly... Done fairly well for himself in the Senate. Uh, the Congress, sorry. Uh, so, yeah. So you've got another two. One of them's a lie. Which is it? Well, the Ted Bundy one, surely. The correct answer, Jamie, is they're both lies. <laughs> um, Ted Bundy was not an extra in this at all. And Bosom Buddies did go on to air soon after this, but not a month, a week. So that's two almost truths. Of Wait, life. a week later? So we're going to have to do October 1980 again? <laughs> oh gonna, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get really specific in the next episode. Yeah. We're going to go hour by hour in, yeah. in that week um, of 1980. So what you did was you said, I'm playing two truths and a lie, but you could only find one truth. No, no I found no truths. <laughs> <laughs> that's entirely lies. They're just, two of them are kind of Kind truths. of truths. They sound like truths. They're, they're, you know, half correct. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Jamie, you can't yeah. trust people. That's why I've learned from show business. <laughs> are you done? I'm done. I'm done. Sweet. That's, that's um, fun so, before we dive into it, we'll give you sort of a quick overview. It really doesn't need to be that long about what the hell seconds. goes on in this show. 30 seconds. So, you've got three, di- as we've worked out from the titling, there are three different plot lines. There's a bunch of people reuniting uh, army blokes reunioning why they're on the love boat for that reunion i have no clue but they were together in korea and the sergeant still thinks they're in the army uh we have tom hanks's plot line which is he's a privileged wanker and is trying to sleep with one of the boat's crew so that crew pretends to be the boyfriend uh and to pretend to be boyfriend and girlfriend with a number of mem- another member of the crew uh and then there's a pregnant woman who starts being flirted with by a random guy who looks like willem dafoe uh, who confused her with another woman. Did you not... You've given me a face. Did you not notice that this dude totally looks like Willem Dafoe? Have you seen any movies with Willem Dafoe? He, he looks not. like Willem Dafoe's face. No, Willem Dafoe's face is a very, very noticeable thing. Yeah, that's why this guy looks like Willem Dafoe. Am I thinking of someone We're going to... I know this is great radio, ladies and gentlemen, but we're going to quickly look this up. Uh, does not, I'm fairly, nothing like I'm Willem fairly Dafoe. Sure, I'm fe- if Willem Dafoe is who I'm thinking... He has thinking, a chin. He has a chin. No, it's exactly who I'm thinking of. No, okay. I'm sorry. He has the same eyes as Willem Dafoe. That actor Dafoe. is uh, Dennis, Dennis Cole. Dennis Cole, yeah. Uh, playing Dennis Grant. Playing Dennis Grant, great. Um, so yeah, those are our three plot lines 
Um, they don't really go anywhere. But um, so what are you talking about, Jimmy? <laughs> let's let's break this down. Let's break Jeff. this down from the beginning with the weird intro, which you noted. Uh, we, this is actually last week we'd watched the film together, but yeah. uh, this time we didn't. We watched the show separately, so we don't know each other's thoughts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Feel like they're going to be very similar. But you yep. did note just before uh, we uh, started that you've seen this intro parodied before. It's Oh yeah, it's, a, it's definitely on The Simpsons. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure subconsciously in my childhood I absorbed a lot of parodies of the show. Yeah, so it's... So it starts with Dennis Cole, and it this is the weirdest part of it for me, because when I open it, when I started watching it, it looks like it's a freeze frame. Yeah. And then he suddenly moves in the last, like, half a second, and then it cuts away from him. So that's weird enough. Mm-hmm. Then you have Tom Hanks as our second person, and he's just sort of giggling a lot. So they're in yeah. little hearts being so, shown. So set this out for you, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. I'm uh, doing a terrible job. Imagine in the Go. foreground, there's a beautiful cruise liner. It's like the Queen Anne the Second or Queen Elizabeth the Second. Uh, and in the foreground, we have a life boy, uh, one of those kind of circle things you can throw out to save people at sea. And inside of that, magically, are some of our guest actors' faces, along with the main cast. And uh, Hanks, isn't it just the guest actors? I don't think any of the main cast appear in it. You might be right. Uh, I, I thought. I think it's just the guest so, actors. Did you think that the uh, maid? Yeah, was, the yeah, maid no, don't. but she She's, leaves at the end. Does ah, uh, that makes sense. And this is. We'll get to that. So. We open with uh, Dennis Cole, then we have Tom Hanks. He's just giggling down the camera. I think he tries to wink and fails. I'm not really yeah. sure. He's it looks odd. yet to develop that notable Hanks sex appeal. Like, yeah. Of course, to find Slater from um, We've then got Nipsey Russell. Uh, Sorry, let's, a let's, real let's, person. Let's stop for a second there, Jamie. Uh, Nipsey Russell. Yeah. Really? That's, that's, that's the dude's name. That's his name? Yeah. And I have heard that name before really fully thinking it was like a joke name i'm whether it was in the simpsons or something like that i have heard the name nipsey russell reference before and i'm like oh that's not a real person's that's, name nipsey yeah i russell. mean that's that's definitely kind of showing where we're from i, I haven't heard of anyone called nipsey before but you know what more power to him yeah um, um and then there's like three other people i can't remember who they all are but yeah uh, the Jamie, intro let's okay. three army buddies they're played by uh, harvey lembeck of course nipsey russell and also jack somag who I think I've also heard of before, uh, but not sure from where. Where would you, he's not good? I don't know where you would have heard him from. What? I mean, it's a great name, Jack Smack. It is. Um, so then we open up on uh, the boat. Yeah, the guests uh, are coming in. They're being greeted by a guy with a great mustache. We clearly know they, three of these guys jump up together. Oh, they're old army buddies. They yeah. come from Korea. No, you've skipped over the first thing, which is the only two black people on this show immediately know who each other are. Yeah, that was so a- one of them is a regular cast member, clearly. He's yeah. a, a bartender, I believe. Yes. And he meets Nipsey Russell and immediately they know who each other but are. But only because the uh, his two army buddies have told uh, Yeah, told him about it's not. It's, it's, it's not it's, a great look. No, it's, it's, a, it's slightly weird. They kind of they slightly double bluff on it. You think, oh, mm. they know each other. Was he in Korea too? Um, Korea is a weird war. Obviously, coming from now, it's not something that's taught that much of in no. English schools at all. We fought in Korea. Um, Michael Caine was in Korea. Yep. He got typhoid. He got some kind of no um, yellow fever. Uh, but uh, not a war I know much about. No, I could not tell you a goddamn thing about. I know Korean that it's war. not ended. It's still going on, technically. There was an armistice signed, but never an official peace treaty. So ah, the good. war is still continuing. Fun facts with Al. To this day. 
um, <laughs> off war back onto the love boat. Our failure um, to defeat North Korea would lead my, to the immediate thing I noticed uh, was just how big the acting is. It's yeah, it's so true. big. Nipsey Russell says uh, some line which is like, your bar-, he's talking about his hair colour still being um, uh, dark. And he's like, oh, you buy a little and you die a little. I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's so, like, so large. It's in, a bit, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, I'm trying to think of a comparable thing. It's like if Golden Girls, the director just came in and was like, no, you're all being too subtle. Just go, go bigger. bigger yeah. And that's, especially nowadays when so much of TV comedy, even even on a show like Big Bang Theory, yeah. so much that is still played fairly naturalistically yeah. in terms of performances. That kind of stuff is 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 jarring when you come to it as a modern viewer. And that's, yeah. so this show was on, a couple of episodes of the show were on a list in 1999, I think, of the greatest 100 episodes of TV ever made. And if you had shown me this episode and said, would you believe that'd be possible? I'd go, no. No, that shocks me to my core. Yeah. Um, not that we're giving away uh, anything. No, no. Um, then we're introduced to our second plot line, which is the pregnant woman. Um, she said oh, she's been yeah. told to look for the doctor. Yeah, so she's a couple months... Now, to be fair, she's only a couple of months pregnant, so yep. the doctor's being a bit over-eager, but she's been told by her own physician to make sure she makes herself known to the ship doctor. Yeah, so she I speaks assume... to someone and they say, oh yeah, that's the man you're looking for, pointing over yeah. to this... Weird, weird looking man. Oh, yeah. A very strange looking man. But also, importantly, they make a joke uh, suggesting that, oh, that she's trying to hook up with him. Yes. So Which this was weird. what I was going to get onto because this is another thing of like really big performance. She goes over to the doctor and says, hi, I'm Gwen Hartshield. He says, well, hi. Like already being like, oh, hey, look, there's this sexy woman talking to me. And she's like, oh, I was told you're just the man I'm looking for. And he literally goes, well, lucky me, while adjusting his tie back and forth. Like, yep. it's so cliched and so weird and so but it's, big. It's also, this woman is stunning. I'm gonna she's she is an incredibly big. beautiful woman who looks a little bit like if uh, Elizabeth Banks was... In she the does look sense. a lot like Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. yeah. And he looks like the main character from Jaws if he was 70. Um, yeah. So it's a bit weird when the kid, there's the uh, captain of the ship, his daughter is with him, uh, yeah. for I don't know what reason, and she makes the odd Who has an amazing haircut, Has an amazing 80s haircut, <laughs> and makes the reference uh, about the kind of... The yeah, the, oh, yeah, the doctor's doing so well but, now, they're making them look yeah, for him or something like that. he's making them look for him, and I'm yeah. like, look, this is, this is, oh, this man... Yeah, this man clearly this does not... The, this may be a love boat, but he's not getting anything. <laughs> yeah, um, um, he's a very strange... Yeah, it was just... She yeah, so she tells the doctor, "Oh, by the way, I'm pregnant." Yeah, and you, he goes, "Oh, well, congratulations to you and Mister Pregnant, Mister Pregnant, Mister Pregnant Lady." And instead, she goes, "Oh no, 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 I, you know, I'm not with the father." And you know, he's he's a modern progressive. He doesn't say anything. He's like, "Okay, okay." Uh, this is also the time when she uses the uh, whether it's an insult or not, but she calls her doctor a fuss budget. Yeah, that's which a bit is weird. oh, I had to know that was. A very interesting word to I don't know if that's a common 80s word, but I will be incorporating fuss budget into my daily language from now on. But, being used to shows from the 90s and on, I assumed what she was coming up to say was, you're the father. Oh. <laughs> so she comes no. up, they have this weird sexual tension, I don't know where it's coming from other than the love dog, sir. Yeah. Um, which makes him sound a bit creepy. Um, and you think, okay, okay, he's the daddy, this is going to be the episode. 
Uh, no, instead it's literally just so he's in the plot. Yeah. Uh, he's um, been introduced. This, this was also the scene which probably got one of the few laughs out of me in this oh. show, which was, it keeps on cutting back and forth with reverse shots, but you can't see the person they're talking to in the shot. Mm-hmm. So you assume they're quite far apart. Like yeah. it, it seems like there's a decent distance. It then cuts to the two shot, and they're about a foot and a <laughs> half from each other. And I just piss myself laughing. They just cut, and they are so uncomfortably close for two humans, and yeah. you would not tell it at all from the no, reverse definitely. shot. It's it's not shot fantastically, this uh, But But again, this, it's, uh, it's the, actually, interestingly, I thought some bits of it looked quite modern. So when they... When they're doing the kind of two shots, when they're shooting two people in the scene together, yeah. that looks very stagey. Yeah. But every now and then they will do like a kind of a, a headshot almost, kind of mm. mid shot. Yeah. And you think, oh, that looks quite modern. And yeah. at, at times you can see where TV is starting to get a little bit more away from the kind of studio setup, uh, which dominated so much of the time before in American TV, and starts to become this thing that will later you later get in nineties. Uh, sitcoms and even more so in kind of uh, early 2000s when you start getting the single camera setups yeah so I thought while it does look bad it doesn't look as bad as I thought it might yeah Uh, then Willem Dafoe who's not Willem Dafoe because you disagree with me comes in thinks she's another woman and then flirts with her for some reason because yeah as as we are learning in as we learned last week and this week I think two themes we are noticing are there are a lot of cliches in these things, probably because they subsequently sure, go on become. to be done a lot and then they become cliches and every man is a sex best. Oh, it's true. <laughs> but Jamie, I uh, I think you're maybe being a bit obtuse here. The reason why he goes and bothers her is because this is the love boat. And yep. I don't think anyone comes on the love boat without the expectation that you're so getting a little bit late. Here's a key question. Is this boat called the love boat or is the tv show called the love boat and it's just a boat where lots of love happens i think that's the case i think it's that the boat is magical and causes them to fall in love but people don't know that and therefore (laughs) when they're in this weird cupid boat that are shooting out its love rays they just happen to fall in love i literally thought about this so we'll get to this later but yeah there are points of this where I'm like, this must be like a fan- yeah. fantasy land. Yeah, the boat is possessed. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a horror film. Um, um, no, but, but also you're missing out the second important thing about the production. He goes, he kind of, he doesn't jump on her, but he kind of like pats her on the back and he goes, yeah. monkey! Oh yeah, because a monkey. And then she's like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. And then he starts talking about this girl called Monkey, who he loved in high school. Yeah. Uh, but apparently this woman is not. Yeah. And that continues around a little bit the rest of the episode it's yep. a weird introduction uh, our next introduction is to our third and final plot line and to our lovely Tom Hanks Aww. and non-lovely um, Tom Hanks yes non-lovely Tom Hanks as soon as he appears on screen the first thing anyone says is the captain going oh no <laughs> uh, it's not the captain it's whatever that it's, it's, what, uh, it's Gopher, Gopher. Gopher. It's whatever hey. I, what does he do what is Gopher Gopher I think is probably the first mate um, I don't know what that is but oh cool. he, he's kind of like a uh, the junior captain the captain's assistant you cool know, if you have a director he's the assistant director okay he's so AD1. gopher goes oh no yeah. so last week you brought up a, a hypothesis which was that tom hanks plays dickheads yeah well he plays jerks and that was very true in that last episode, episode. and it's Stays very true. true in this episode he comes on he is called rick martin dangerously close to ricky martin 
who I think was probably famous at this time. I don't um, know when Ricky yeah, Martin I mean, became Ricky famous. Ricky Martin was living the Vida Loca, right? Like, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. Like, so that's so. A, it's, a, it's a weird name to choose your character. Ricky Martin's definitely alive at this point in time. Yeah. <laughs> so whether or not intentionally they are stealing his intellectual property. Yeah. Uh, and so we learn that uh, Tom Hanks was frat bros with this uh, first mate, with Gopher. He straight up starts roasting this kid oh, immediately. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, so we used to call you Strikeout Smith. And like, immediately is just such an arsehole to this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we start the cl- what is now a classic... Uh, no, I'm actually dating this person who I'm not dating, but we're yes. going to pretend to be dating, who's another crew member of the ship. Yeah. I can't remember now, her name. If this was written by a writer's room or a bunch of people who had some more tonal control over the whole show, the, this kind of plot line would be better played out, right? So in, in the episode, they kind of normally how this works is these two people have to pretend to be in a relationship and either they hate each other or by the end they kind of like each other more, maybe setting up some romance later down the line. Yeah. But instead, and let's let's go through this yeah. plot by plot. Oh yeah, let's do plot by plot. That makes, yeah, so, so uh, yeah, he does the non dating her, and he's just a privileged wanker. He's he, yeah, or, Tom Hanks is terrible. He's, he's already retired because apparently he bought gold. gold. He, he invested in gold at I think forty dollars an ounce or whatever. Whatever. Yeah, he invested yeah. in gold at a good price, and now at the age of I assume 26, 20, like maybe at yeah, most thirty. He's, yeah, he's he's retired. Yeah. Um, which is awful, um, and I hope he... Yep, and last week we uh, were introduced to Tom Hanks by him physically assaulting a woman to yeah. uh, flirt with her. This time we introduce him by this. They then go out uh, and end up at a dining table together. Yep. He grabs her leg under the table while yeah. Gopher is there. It's really weird. Um, yeah. While he thinks that Gopher's dating her, he's like, you know what, you need a real man, you need the Hanks. Yeah, you need, you need someone who's going to... He's gonna fill up your knee under the dining table. After about table. 30 seconds and with no level of interest um, from you. Yep, yeah, so in reaction to that, they start making out and then... In uh, a, in gopher and, gopher and, gopher gopher and the lady. Gopher and the lady and we get a, a fantastic joke from the main captain of the ship who looks over and sees them making out and goes, I believe in a friendly crew, but that's ridiculous. Because that's jokes at the so time. I don't <laughs> think this is the case. But later on, the captain's weird possessiveness over Julie so the, the lady's name is Julie Julie thank you I'm a Julie um, <laughs> <laughs> just slipping in the alley G reference yeah, yeah. that's alright uh, of course but no uh, the, the captain's possessiveness over Julie he's kind of quite horrified at the idea that Cooper's uh, yeah. in a relationship with her makes me think that maybe she's his daughter I don't know if you're a Love Boat fan write in to us or tweet at us and tell us <laughs> and how tell, wrong we are and please explain to us so this is the first episode of a new season I believe isn't uh, it I yeah it's, it's the first it's episode four of season one. four yeah, yeah. Um, so well, they're, they're quite deep in whatever their general plot lines are but as we'll learn I don't think much changes about these characters no they're quite because, static, yeah. because of they how they have to be and that is very relevant to the end of this plot line yeah. so let's carry on Blasting right through Tom Hanks's plotline. When do we? Oh, then they then they're dancing. Yeah, um, it's romantic. He, he literally uses. Uh, so, firstly, there's a transitional dancing scene where an extra very clearly looks in the camera, and it <laughs> made me giggle. Um, it was very eighties. Um, so, Gopher and uh, Julie uh, are dancing, and Tom <laughs> Hanks come over comes over and says. Mind if I cut in? Yeah. Yes, another cliche that is used in I, a look, I stupid don't, content. I don't show. mind the mind if I cut in cliche. 
because it is it but, is so integral to any kind of dance scene that someone's got to be like, no, no, I've got to hustle in on this dance. Yeah, but like, so what's interesting is to see it, I think, for the first time I've ever seen it used yeah. in a sincere context. Yeah, that's fair. Mind If I Cut In is very regularly used as the character who's saying it mm. is saying it as a, they are wanting to cut in, yeah. but they're saying it deliberately so, because it's cliched. Whereas Tom Hanks is very sincerely just saying, yeah. Hey, mind what I cut in. Because really I'm a privileged wanker and I deserve women. The phrase, mind if I cut in, do you reckon it comes from dance cards? So when people would used to have dance cards, so when you used to go to an old-fashioned dance, at the beginning, you both had cards, and you write down your partner on your card. So afterwards, you know who you danced with. So if you were looking to uh, fall in love with someone, you go, well, I know, I know number four. Number four's name is Majuli, and I'm going <laughs> to go fall in love with her. And I wonder if the phrase was, do you mind if I cut in? Do you mind if I be in the next on the card? Or if it's just, I want to squeeze in between the two. I think it's the latter. I couldn't answer if I know whether it's the former, because yeah. I was not aware of this concept until four <laughs> seconds ago. Um, it's it, it's also a posh person thing. Uh, in, like, I, not my family, but I know families who, like, would go to dances and to this day would still have dance cards. Yeah. And you'd be like, ooh, that's, that's, that's weird. Yeah. Um, um, so the next time we see them, uh, they're chatting on the deck. They're talking about how mm. it's going. It's going uh, well. It's going well. Too well. Too well. Um, then Tom comes out yeah. and she immediately grabs him and pulls him in and they start making, making out. out. Yeah. Um, now, here's a bit of character inconsistency. I don't think that's the sort of thing that would make Tom Hanks' character just walk away. No. He seems pretty chill about I feel like he would walk up and say, mind if I cut in? Yeah. But apparently them making out is enough to make Tom Hanks walk away. It's also enough to make them both... Fall in Fall love. In love. Deeply yes. in love. Deeply in love. In love enough that they have to talk about marriage. But it's not the first it's not the first kiss. It's the kiss and yes. then they go Oh no, we need to do it again. Yeah, and yeah. then they fall in love, yeah. apparently. Um very deeply. Yeah, so very deeply in love. So Gopher goes to talk to uh and I'm forgetting his name, but the uh The guy with the, the moustache, the bartender. Yeah, the waiter. The yeah, the the waiter. Bartender, waiter, whatever. Um mm. now Quick, they he uh, Gopher goes to him late at night. Now, question: yeah. Was it racist that the black character was wearing silk, silk leopard skin pajamas? It's it's not great. No, it's it's definitely it's, a stereotype of the time. Yes. Like if you do that today, that would make no sense. No, it's a kind of uh, yeah. It's I think it's also meant to make him look suave. But you're right. It's it's, it's a it's a weird stereotype. It's, it's a weird stereotype. Out of any context, makes. Very little sense. Yeah. Uh, so he goes, I kind of blanked out in the scene. He goes to him to ask him whether it's all right to marry another member of the crew or something like that. Yeah, I think there's kind of two ones. One, he says, look, does this girl like me? The guy with the moustache goes, uh, it's four in the morning, get out of my room. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she does like, you know, get out of my room. Then he goes to the captain and yeah. says, are there any rules against me marrying someone on the ship? No, no, up against two crew members, members yeah. marrying each other. Very subtle, subtle. Hypothetically. In what is a very, very odd moment, because again, I must remind you, although they've been friends, they've only been lovers for literally one kiss when they're only fake yeah. lovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, this is kind of looping into our idea. Like, I, I genuinely thought about this. Like, is this just some weird time warp alternate universe where the love boat forces all relationships to be three million times quicker than they I, actually I think so because they all go through this kind of that's the interesting thing about the show is they take a, they take a concept which is probably normal to relationships so 
two friends maybe becoming in a relationship and then spoilers um, falling out of love or, or not necessarily falling out of love but really understanding they're spoilers. better as friends sorry we we're going to get to that yeah, point yeah, <laughs> um, or in some of the other plot lines they take them and they just speed it up to a two day period yeah and they keep all the language so it is definitely they're in love until they realise they're just deeply platonically in love um, yeah uh, the next time we see any of this lot is was my favourite scene, yeah. which was Tom Hanks sat at the side of a pool, literally being toweled off by like four other women who don't seem to care about the fact that he is staring no, yeah. at another woman and winking at her. Yeah. So he's there getting toweled off and he's staring at Julie, giving her a wink. And these women are just like, yeah, this is great. I, I have the feeling though, this is... So earlier on when he referenced the fact that he's a multi-millionaire, well, that he's retired yeah. at 30... He does go, there are a load of women uh, who want to fall in love with me because of that. And I was really weirded out by this. And this, that sort of plays into this, where I think Julie is meant to be that other kind of woman, right? She's, she's meant to be a woman with morals, a woman who's not just in it for the money. Whereas all these other women, they're just the bimbos who are in it for the cash. Yeah. The, the extras in, there are so many extras and so many of them are semi-nude. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> like, it's, it's a weird framing where... They're sort of played with literally no character, other than the fact that apparently Tom Hanks is irresistible, mostly, be- assumingly because of his money. Yeah. Um, and that's that's weird, and I don't like it. Yeah, it's not great. Um, next time we see them, Tom Hanks, give him his due. He is belligerently, a belligerently driven man. Yeah, He yeah. turns up at her bedroom, knocking on the door, mm-hmm. um, basically begging her to sleep with him. Yeah. Uh, she says no. Uh, good on her yeah good on it because she's seemingly madly in love with Gopher now yeah um <laughs> final scene basically between these we see Gopher and uh, Julie mm. they think oh it's gone really well he literally asks her Julie are we in love question mark I'm like and she's in love too just yeah, yeah. it's not but, just him but they are like, both in love who asks that question as well yeah they're both very confused by this. Uh, maybe it's the first time they've ever fallen in love on the love boat. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And then we get to a point where the writers very clearly realised, oh shit, if we make these two a couple, they're consistent recurring cast members. Yeah, we We'd can. have to actually think about a plot line for them. Mm, yeah. Better panic and just say, okay, they kiss and then don't yeah. like it, so well, they I, break up. So I think this is where the the kind of uh, three writers thing really falls apart in that let's say you're doing 24 episodes in a season each of three and even if you have recurring writers you could have a potential of like 60, 70 writers writing on the show and that's impossible to coordinate between right like it's really hard to keep those character dynamics working over a series where you don't know what the other person's really writing and only the showrunner can keep those strands together so at the end of every episode I presume you've got to bring the status quo back into shape it has to be the core characters stay pretty much the same. Yeah. And the guest characters, because there are a lot more guest stars on the show than there would be on any other kind of yeah. show. Uh, because of the kind of, well, we dock at a port and we get rid of people and we get new people on yeah. formats. They can change, but we, the main people, can't. We can discover things about ourselves, but if we do change, it's going to be very slow. Yeah. And that's boring. Um, so, yeah, basically the writers just reset themselves in a really shitty way. It's terrible. Um, yeah, and so love dies. Yeah. Uh, do we see Tom again? Um, I feel like he pops up at the end. In yeah. It. So Can we talk about how he the... is absurdly nicely dressed? 
Oh, oh, obviously it's talking about, yeah, but like yeah, yeah. he's wearing like tuxes, like blue, like silky tuxes, yeah. like oh, the man is dressed to I mean, the nines Jamie, constantly the in love, different suits. True, I mean time. the love boat is the Ritz of uh, sexual boat hotels. But as far as we can tell, we see them over maybe two days, and we see him in about four different suits. It's ridiculous. He's peacocking, Jamie. Yeah. He's trying to attract this woman. He doesn't want him. He likes what he can't have, and he wants to show her how well he is. He burns those suits after wearing them. Oh, absolutely. That's what he does. Um, so yes, sorry. Yeah, so he, does, see him again? he does show up again. So basically, they decide they're going to be friends. They try to make out. It goes wrong. They're like, ooh, that's weird. Uh, let's just say friends, we but just better friends. Which oh, is, I remember the a weird line. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're back in the bar afterwards. Tom Hanks enters. I don't think it's a line, and so they just start fake making out. But this time, it's even more ridiculous. There's yeah. nothing passionate about yeah. it. They're just weirdly groping each other, and it's uncomfortable for everyone involved. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, they're like two inches from the captain. Yeah, just sat there in there thinking, just... "That's my daughter, you dick." Oh, I'm fairly sure it's not his daughter. <laughs> I feel like you've just added this on. The captain's on, and then and has a Tom Hanks daughter. goes to go for and is like, "What's your secret?" And he goes, "Start out as friends or something like that." Oh, and then and that's why that episode is called "Friends and Lovers." Yeah. So that's that's the end of that mm-hmm. stupid plotline. So before we move on to the other plotlines, I just want to talk a little bit more about Tom Hanks as this is sure the actual. Show. Show. We should have ended on this one. Yeah, we, yeah I don't know why we started on this one. Um, but so we've now seen two. his first two big roles yeah. are jerks. arseholes. They're jerks, yeah. What is it about Tom Hanks at this age that gets him these roles? So like, I, it, is it his hair? Is it the fact that he's got permed hair and that just kind of gives I, off I a douchey vibe? I think that might be his natural hair. Okay. I think he might be natural. Yeah, yeah, but, yes. but yeah, he's but, uh, gone this very. I so don't know. Does that just give this, off a This comes vibe? to my unif- my quest for a unifying theory of Hanks. Mm. I think it most things in which Tom Hanks does, yeah, regardless whether he's old or whatever, there's always a level of jerkiness about them. Okay, whether it's like so, even in something like Saving Mr. Banks, where he plays Walt Disney, he's Walt Disney's. You, you mean famous anti-Semite Walt yeah, but Disney? In, not in, the, in the film, he's not a famous anti-Semite. <laughs> Uh, and but also but you know regardless on the one hand you have definitely that kind of the anti-Semitic persona of Walt Disney but then also separate to that you have Walt Disney founder of the Disney Corporation guy who just wanted to make kids dreams come true and so in your head if you if we set aside the anti-Semitism the biggest icon of him the biggest kind of impression he has on our culture is as that father figure and yet Hank still imbues him with this bit of jerkiness and I don't know what it is about him. It's a really interesting quality because not everyone has it. Not everyone can do it. There are a lot of actors who can only play just nice guys, but he plays these guys who have charisma and are likable and are yet at the same time... Awful is a strong word, but but also you recognise them as dicks. So do you think he's only getting these early roles based on the fact that he can play a dick? Is there nothing about... His voice, his appearance, because I mean, yeah. it's Hollywood. Like, but there's nothing that it's weird to me that someone who, all intents and purposes, outside of uh, the rehearsal room and outside of his roles, is a lovely, yeah, it seems to be a lovely, lovely man. man. Doesn't look like a dick no, to no, me. No, of course not. I don't know what accents in America are considered dickish. Yes, but. so that's it's a level of, and he does it really well, and he does it well here. It's that ability to be kind of condescending. Uh, like uh, condescending. Condescending, yeah. Um, it's that he can be, he projects happiness, 
yet while either saying nasty things or while um, being condescending. And because of that, he just comes across as kind of dickish. And that is, especially in these early things, where I think he's not necessarily... The roles he's been given are definitely those smaller roles um, to where he's sort of just playing off other people. Um, that comes out to the, definitely to the forefront. He's not a leading man yet. He doesn't become a leading man for a while, really. No. Even in Bosom Buddies, where he's a TV leading man, he's not He's not the guy who goes on to be Captain Phillips, where he's actually probably at his le- le- least dickishness. Um, so yeah, it's definitely interesting. And it, it is jarring when you go back and see it, because you don't realise how prevalent it is in those early films. Yeah, he's... He- uh, while I continue talking, figure out how long we've been going for. 43 minutes. 43 minutes. Okay, yeah. that's not too bad. We can uh, rush through the last two and then give our sure. uh, final thoughts. Um, yeah, I agree with you. There's, I, I, As I said in the first time, I will enter to see how this, how long this mm. carries on for. At what point does he stop yeah. being like necessarily an outward... Like The two people we've seen so far are uh, just outwardly... They are, they've they been are. written as... Yeah. one-dimensional dickholes. Uh-huh. Um, which he plays really... And which he plays very well. Um, but it, it, they are... But it'll be interesting to see where that super nice. uh, transitions. So, the other two plots... Oh, God, these stupid plots. Uh, well, which one do you want to do first? The army one or the... Let's Willem do the army Defoe one, because I want to end on the Willem one. The Willem Dafoe one. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is Well, it I, it's so, Willem Dafoe, but Foe spelled F-A-U-X. Ding, ding, that's a, a joke. That's a pun I, that makes no yeah. sense spoken out loud. But Willem Dafoe. Yeah, no, it's a it's a very clever joke, and it even includes two languages. It's great. Um, so yeah, we've got the army people. The d- basically the entire joke here is he's still the sergeant still, still thinks they're in the army. There's and... a there's a way too long sequence where he's singing an army song in the diner, like mm. marching around. It's it's just it's, it's not it's 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 not funny the jokes it's not, don't hit hard enough no um, it's not good um his friends so, seem to be they neither show them getting really frustrated enough to justify them being dicks about it um but no also, one really talks about the feeling they're also base except for you've got nipsey russell and then you've got these two other dudes they do nothing who, they're, they're basically the same goddamn person it could just be like, nipsey russell yeah it, it, it could, could just, just be, be nipsey russell because he gives an engaging performance yeah, he, yeah, yeah russell's all right um so they find... So I have now realised, I think I missed the point. This woman that they... They find a woman to yes. basically seduce him so that he stops, stops. caring about the army. Yeah. Now, I thought she was actually so, a room service woman. Yeah, I'm I, now realising, nah, she wasn't. She was just another guest who they... No, 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 what, no, she's, why, no, she's definitely, no, she is definitely a room service lady. Is so, she? Yeah, so, but, but she has the master key to get in the room, so she's 100% oh, she works for it. So why beginning... is she a guest? So, why is she a guest? Because they can do that. It's a big boat. They have lots of people. Because she, right. she comes in, and when she comes in at the beginning of the episode, the captain goes, she goes, sorry for being late. I've been on my holiday. Apologies for being late. And the captain goes, oh, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. And so I, I like you, thought, uh, oh, she's either. A regular. She must yeah. be a regular on the show. Uh, and didn't really realise at the end that she kind of goes off. So instead, I think they just kind of, they wanted to have a non-guest fall in love, but to do that, you really need to bring in rotating members of the crew as well as rotating yeah. members of the So it, th- this was what like mildly annoyed. We were like two thirds of the way through the episode, and the one plot line that wasn't about love became about love, and I'm yeah. like, ah. Oh. But obviously, well, clearly that's what the bloody show is. But so there's a point. Oh, I'll get back to that point. But yeah, so this becomes about love. She seduces him um, in a cla- and in a classic. Oh. 
this started out as a sham, but now it's real. Similar she, to the Friends and Love. Yeah, si- yeah, it's basically the same plot yeah. line. She also falls in love with him, but as they're sitting on a balcony, Nipsey Russell and his mates are walking past going, oh, if the Sarge ever finds out that we put her up to this, we'll be in so much trouble. Yeah. Um, do you like my Nipsey Russell I mean, impression? It's, it's <laughs> nothing like him, but I like it in a way. Uh, so yes. Mm. Um, so yeah, they... they Sarge gets mad. Uh, she's like, no, I really do like you, Mr. Sarge. And they fall back in love and then they leave. And they're already yeah, they, they to get leave, married. Yeah, they leave happily together. Yeah, they decide to get married. It's like, it's, it's. I know Korea was bad, but apparently it was 30 years ago, so everyone's fine with it now. Yeah. Um, um, and then the final, the Willem Dafoe plot line. Oh, God, this is, this is the weirdest plot line. Yeah, so, so they fall in love. Um, unsurprisingly, they, they, they go on a couple quickly. dates. They, go, they fall in love. Uh, she tries to reveal that she's pregnant. She doesn't. She then, in oh, the worst scene of this entire episode, oh, yeah. reveals they, that she's so, pregnant. Well, before that, they both say, "I think." They basically I, say they want to. They marry say each super. Other. They say super cliche. He says, "I think I'm in love," and then she, like, she's Simon Cowell on the X Factor, goes, "I don't think I'm in love. <laughs> I know I'm in love." Yeah. It's yeah. A, and then she says. Oh, by the way, I'm two months pregnant mm. with another man. I'm not in love with the other man, but I want to be here yeah. with you. And he just gives up immediately. Reacts in the worst way yeah, yeah. human yeah, can. He if, you like... ever, if your girlfriend ever goes to you, Jamie, uh, in the case that you meet this girl and you fall in love after two days, she says mm. I'm pregnant. Here are the things you shouldn't do. One, suggest she has an abortion yep. to stay with you. Yeah, yeah, right? immediately. That's weird. Um, Two, go, oh, you're proud to be carrying another man's child? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Question that why she isn't ashamed of it. Yeah, that's weird. Like, you know, more babies to her. Um, and then also, not even say goodbye, just ditch her at the ports. Yeah. Um, so, she, th- yeah, we then see her and she has a note from him and seems to say that he's literally flown away I, like yeah, he, yeah, so, he's gone back to so LA. he's gone back to LA he's paid to be on this cruise yeah, yeah, right he's, he's abandoned the cruise yeah he's, we don't know why he was we never found out why he was on this boat but clearly he was probably there to like it's have a holiday sure. or whatever or and he literally is like fuck this holiday I found a pregnant woman I must fly across yep. the country there's an um, unmarried pregnant woman. I don't want to be her, the father to her bastard. Yeah. It was terrible. So um, that's awful. And he's a terrible human being. But then, as which I think is the literal last, last, last thing that happens. Mm-hmm. He just turns up again. I missed that. <laughs> so apparently you didn't watch the end of this episode. I did. You watched me watch it. I did watch you watch it. Yeah. It could, well, you probably missed it because it's literally 20 seconds long. She's about to leave the boat. He turns up again. Yeah. And it's just like, I made a mistake. And she's like, that's okay. And then they go off together. Like she literally just immediately forgives him. Yeah. Also, how did he come back? He flew to LA, then flew back to wherever this goddamn boat is. It makes no sense. But I guess Willem Dafoe is very busy these days. Yeah, <laughs> He's I a mean, very famous look, actor. It's a weird time. It's um, it's the worst plot That's line. the worst plot line. Because she's fine. Like, she's a good actress. Mm. But it's just, it's this weird thing of kind of looking at a show with like an 80s moral, moral kind of thing. Yeah, it's bad. Where... And men are all sex best thing. although yeah. there is a nice moment which I sort of glossed at the fact that in one of the plot lines the woman is the sex pest yes. where she where she seduces the, the sergeant very that, progressive but, of you know, the love boat men men 
put that put the her up to it. She didn't do it willingly. Yes. They were like <laughs> seduce this man. Okay, fine. I was trying to give it credit, but no, it deserves. Um, all right, so let's let's get on to some judgments because I'm ready uh, to judge this show. No, so the one thing I want to say before I give my final judgment: How does this show have 250 episodes? How, like, if every single plot line is yeah. about people, for, how? I genuinely, my mind boggles of how they could write 250 I, episodes of three different plot lines. That's 750 different plot lines of people meeting on a boat and falling in love. Surely, surely this repeats like 90 different times. I, so I think the way they do it, right, I mean, it's, it's that kind of classic thing where you get with how does a show like NCIS or whatever work? Which is by having it's base it's a procedural show really it's the the uh, love boat docks somewhere it takes on some guests that causes some plot lines and then they leave right so the, the setup the situation for this it's not a really sitcom but is just the boats and because you have that recurring guest on there to be fair to them, they, they have famous. a lot of lovely uh, B roll shots of a boat going yeah. through water lots and lots that, of them. Yeah, the show doesn't need to be an hour long. Nope, it no, it does not. It could be half an hour, even with the three plot lines, just be shorter and funnier. Um, but yeah, I think it's just because of that procedural element, you can keep things new each week by just same situations, but different characters being in those situations. Play them really broadly, uh, and it's fine. Just, I feel sorry for the writers of this show. Like, if anyone had to do this for more than, the, like, six months, yeah, I feel like I'd kill myself. The, it's all, it's the so lead bad. man... When he was his agent went to him and went, look, the script is terrible, but the the showrunner and the showrunner had done a lot of other shows, so he did things like um, Charlie's Angels and stuff. Okay, he's really good. It's going to be a gold mine, <laughs> and he was I right. Mean, I mean, yeah, clearly made lots. I just do you ever feel really thankful that you didn't grow up during the days when this was the most popular shit going on? Yeah, I mean, you say that, man, but people are going to look back on the Big Bang Theory and think the same thing. It's why is this the most popular thing? It's we don't yeah, for the yeah, most part okay. we don't remember comedy which was the most popular at the time so much as we remember the kind of the interesting stuff. Yeah, but I like I was aware of the love boat like, yeah. culturally, so yes, clearly no it one, had no some. One, so we all know of it, but that doesn't mean we all still watch it, right? So people will still watch some of Eddie Murphy stuff, and he was really popular. <laughs> yeah, I, like, don't, I don't think they really watch Eddie Murphy anymore. Or That's got real problematic your, these days. From the nineties, you might watch. Um, okay, from the two thousands, you may have watched a lot of. Uh, oh God, I forgot about him. Cats with drills, man. Um, famous comedian. Uh, Cats dresses with... and dresses. Is a uh, transsexual. Uh, transvestite wants to run for Eddie Izzard you watch Eddie, Eddie Izzard probably wasn't the most well paid comedian on earth and yet his stuff was interesting and so we still let's watch it whereas whoever probably was I mean actually mind in Seinfeld but um, you know we don't necessarily always remember the most popular comedies because they play to the broad especially on TV they play to the broadest audience they play to the broadest yeah. audience therefore just don't age very well yeah, so basically what we're learning is that people in the 80s were just as dumb as they are now. Yeah, or worse. Or worse, because um, they were also all sex pests. <laughs> uh, right, let's give our, our final ranking. So as we uh, always do, always, you know, yeah. once again, 100%, keep, yeah. keeping the street going, we're going to rate uh, the project out of five. Yeah. We're going to rate Tom Hanks' Thanks. performances out of five. 
and then we are going to decide whether it goes in the Hanks Bank. Uh-huh. Um, I can't remember what we did last week. Did we do rating we each, did. each? Do we do all of our three together, or do we do I think one, we, one, 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 one? Cool. So uh, rate this, rate the love this episode, not this the whole. Episode, sure. This but, episode of the Love Boat I wanna, out I of five. Give this caveat to anyone who's a deep fan of the Love Boat. Um, we are obviously coming to it from the worst possible perspective. We have no introduction to these characters. We don't know what any of this is. Any recurring jokes we don't get. We don't know why we like any of these people. And if I was in the ninth, year 1980 starting it at episode 4. Uh, sorry, series 4 episode 1. I probably wouldn't have liked it. But that doesn't mean it's not a good show. It just means we don't have any context for it. Um, so on that I give this episode... 2. Okay. It, I just... If it's background watching, it's fine. I just, I thought it was not great. What about you? Uh, yeah, this show's not good. Um, mm. it's not funny. It's mildly problematic through most of it. Some of the performances are okay, but if it sells itself as a comedy romance show, drama uh, as well, obviously, drama. comedy romance drama, yeah. Um, the comedy isn't funny. The romance is trite, and there is zero drama at whoa, all. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry, Jamie. I don't remember if you I don't know if you remember that man asking that woman to get an abortion. But that's some drama right there. <laughs> um, I mean, Willem Dafoe did play it for a lot of fucking drama. But yeah, no, this gets one. This gets one. I wish. Wait, did we decide we could give zeros? You can give zeros. Yeah, I'm one. giving it a zero. Screw oh, this. God, this that's... Is, it's just. I'm sorry. It does not. Does not achieve any of its goals. Okay. I think I gave. I think I gave it whatever we did last week too. And yeah, that was because yeah, even though it was, it was bad, so bad, I mildly so bad enjoyed the experience and like there were some scares. I did not at all enjoy yeah. watching this. I could Whereas, not even, I don't even think if I was really drunk with mates, I could enjoy watching yeah. this. It's not good. It's not funny. The romance is offensive and shit. Zero. That's, I give it okay. zero. I think, I think for me it's like, because I know it's an 80 thing, I think I'm more in context of other stuff at that time thinking this is background theory. I'm like I'm not I'm not I have no engagement with this but it's it's background me. So let's go on to the next one. Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. What would you give him out of five? Um what did I give him last week? I think he gave him a three last week, didn't I? Yeah you gave him a three last I think week. it's probably the same. It's not mm, I, yeah, if we can only do it in point fives. Um I wouldn't give him a three point five. It's the same. Oh you're week. allowing point fives now. No you you did it last yeah, week. Yeah I allow point yeah, fives yeah. but you don't. No, well if I could give him like a, a slightly better than last week if just because I think last time the character was meant to be slightly more Amanda like of of, a, of actual sexual tension between him and the woman and there was none whereas in this yeah. he's playing a rich douchebag and he does that very well so give him a three you give him a three yeah. um, I think I'm going to do the exact same thing as I did last week which was include a point five just to annoy you sure um, but I I genuinely like as much as I didn't laugh at this in terms of the comedy, he's pretty good. He yeah, gets, he's good. he gets, he gets where laughs should be. I don't laugh at it, but like he delivers the lines in the correct sort of way that would elicit a laugh yeah. if the lines weren't shit. So he's not the. It's not Tom Hanks is not the kind of actor who can be given an awful script and make it the best thing. You couldn't give him the phone book and read it, and you want to listen to that whole thing. Often Tom Hanks' best stuff comes because it's a really good idea for a film, or it's a really good script of a film. Yeah. Um, and this just isn't 
either of those things. No, so it, but I'll I'll give him a three point five. I think I gave him a three point five sure. last week as well. So um, keeping consistent. And sure. uh, finally, you you put. He knows you're alone in your yeah, hangs bank last week. There. Very controversially, that stays in the hangs bank. It's in your hangs bank. Your hangs bank is currently populated with. One he knows thing. you're alone. You have nothing um, in there. It, I have nothing in my hangs bank. Is the love boat? And I don't know. I'm really worried no, that you're gonna. No, no, no thank no. God. Thank no, that, God. It's not going in the hangs bank. Yeah, Jamie. No, of course it's not. My hangs bank is still very lonely yeah. um, but I'm very comfortable with that because this is not good and this would not convince any alien to let us into the United no, States of space whereas I, I think that an alien could get drunk with me and watch he knows you're alone and we'd have a good time and well, no, like, your, oh, no your logic was that they, he needed somewhere to go you yeah, start yeah, yeah. out but, here no, no, but also, so one it's so bad it's good so I maintain that with he knows you're alone okay. whereas this is just no, like you'd have to watch four se- like eight seasons to no four seasons beforehand to get the context of the show and then oh please don't make this. me do that no I'm not <laughs> that. Um, um, so, that's... so yeah we that concludes our episode on on the love boat yeah uh, we have not added to our Hanks bank this week or nope. our respective Hanks banks uh, it remains just nothing in mine and he knows you're alone in yours um, if you want to support us you can follow us at Hanks bank. Yes, Hanks Bank Pod on Twitter. Yeah, personal uh, exposure, guys. Yes, the way yes. we like to be paid. We Money have, is meaningless. We have exposure no is eternal. We have no sponsorships yet uh, until we get sponsored by typewriters or something very. Uh, I mean, for great. people that don't know, Tom Hanks really likes oh, typewriters. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's say, like we're going up. In the, <laughs> some people get sponsored by BetterHelp or no, by no. Green Apron. Uh, no, we um, get sponsored by Blue Apron. No, Green, green Apron. <laughs> it's a new company. It's eco-friendly, um, unlike Blue Apron, which is not. People. Yeah, fun facts about Tom Hanks. He's obsessed with typewriters. Um, so you can follow us on at Hanks Banks Pod. No, Hanks Bank Pod. God damn it. Uh, you can follow Al at Al Sees Stuff. Yeah. Uh, as in Al is seeing things. Al Sees Stuff. S-E-E-S Stuff. And you can follow me at Jamie P. Loxton. L-O-X-T-O-N. It's... So last week I didn't have... So you may well have heard that we sort of interjected a little. Last week I didn't have one because I had to change uh, my Twitter handle. And I've, I've set it on Jamie P. Loxton. That's great. Um, because my middle name is Peter. Uh, but also because when you look at it, it looks like Jamie Ploxton. And that, that makes me giggle. <laughs> right. Um, so we got very distracted at yep. the end there. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next time when we are reviewing the first season of Bosom Buddies. Hanks. 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 See you then. See ya. Hanks back.